When the world has got you down Alzheimer's sucks. It's an equal opportunity disease that chips away at everything we hold dear. And to date, there's no cure. So until there is, we continue to fight with the most powerful tool in our arsenal, love. This is Love Conquers Alls, a real and really positive podcast that takes a deep dive into everything Alzheimer's, the good, the bad, and everything in between. And now, here's your hosts, Susie Singer-Carter and Cassie Cruz. Hello, everybody. I'm Susie Singer-Carter. And I'm Cassie Cruz. And welcome to Love Conquers All. Welcome, welcome. We're happy to be here. We're happy that if you're joining us and um, hope everybody is safe and feeling good and washing hands and not, you know, wearing your mask. Yeah. And I have to say, it's not like the best fashionista kind of stuff. Oh, we're making but, it. We're embracing know. it. I made a denim one. I've made a polka dot one. I'm like, oh. I'm going all out. Oh, you don't are. Make bling okay. it. Don't make me bling it. I, you're going to bling it. I already know you. Make to me, me I'm like all. Oh, you're making me bling it. Don't. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make you bling the crap out of it. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So hey, we have a good, another good guest. What goes on? We we're are, very lucky this week. By the way, we always have great guests. We do. We're we absolutely blessed. Um, and, you know, talk about bling. I mean, this beautiful creature, she is absolutely gorgeous wait till you see her you'll totally agree. i already saw her i saw her i met her and she's beautiful <laughs> and she's got a tan i saw her color. i met her yeah 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 she's got the same coloring as my mother my mother is very olive toned and could yeah. look like uh she's any country she's in she looks like a native but but, but her, her name is ariel caputo but Ariel is not just beautiful from the outside. She is a gorgeous creature from the inside. I'm sure that that's what makes her her beauty so much more effervescent, right? Um, Ariel is a published author and philanthropist. And over the last decade, she has worked on a diverse range of projects from charity galas to fundraisers to pop-ups with focus on youth empowerment, homelessness, or mental well-being as well as hosting the annual Globe Youth Awards, which we're going to talk about that. What and is that? I'm telling you, she's just done some fantastic things. It's just really all about love, right? Um, she's also a certified suicide intervention coach. Oh, my and goodness. Is, yeah, exactly. I'm telling you, this woman is deep, 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 deep. And she has had to, you know, really just bring everything from that love place, and she is sharing it with the world. Um, she's currently an office manager for SB Projects, a diverse entertainment and media company embedded in social impact and with the, with the goal of inspiring the next generation. Wow. She is also the founder of Mindful Living. And so, of course, we're going to put all this up um, in her bio on this podcast. Um, and, in, and with Mindful Living, she uh, uses that social media to encourage corporations to integrate mindful practices in their everyday workflow as well as incorporating sustainability in the office. So let's bring Ariel out, please. Welcome, Ariel Caputo. Welcome, welcome. Girl with hat. Girl with hat. Girl with hat. This is a hat day, yes. It's always a hat day now. I agree with you. <laughs> Well, first off, you have so many hats, Susie. I mean, you are like a hat gala girl. <laughs> is, it wrong? is it wrong? It's no, not. No, not wrong. No, no. Ariel has a lot of hats, too. Yeah. My right? kind of girl. You haven't aged a day at all. 
Aw, how lovely. <laughs> it's that, it's that uh, five-year-old inside of me. That's how old I feel, by the way. I'm five because everything's like, oh, this is so cool. Oh, let's do this. Oh, I want to do that. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want that. That'll keep you young. That's how I am. I feel, I literally feel like I'm a 13-year-old girl at all times. I love it. Thank you. So, yeah. Ariel, what, what aren't you doing? <laughs> what are tell you us, Tell us what, tell us who Ariel is. Oh, How did you, how did you just become this beautifulness and this, oh. just this person full of love? Yeah. You know, it's funny. I was listening to your intro and you were just saying how beautiful I am. And there was a time that I hated mirrors. I hated, I would avoid car reflections and building reflections at all costs. There's probably a straight two years I don't have a single photo of me at all. I absolutely despise the way I look. So it's so funny to me, people are like, you're beautiful. And I'm like, wow. I did not always think that. So thank you. Um, that's, you hard, know, that's hard to fathom. Because, it's hard to yeah, fathom. Because but, we all, she, but we all don't see, sometimes we don't see who what others see. Right. We, we, yeah. we, we are our worst enemies sometimes. Yes. And then I think that that's really what your story is about and why you, that this is my, this is just how my take is. And I could be wrong, but I'm sure you're going to share with us. Tell us about that part because that's yeah. the part that I think most people are going to connect with because I totally have a very big crisis with my body and my body image so and a lot of people do because of the way that the you know the way it's supposed to be right the way we're supposed to look you know and the way advertising has told us this is what beauty is and I'm like I don't fit that at all so especially here in Los Angeles I feel like there's so much pressure but yeah so let's go back let's see how far back uh, I was born and raised on a Christian non-denominational compound uh, in a communal home Wow. It's 40 plus people. Wow. Um, yes. Where? Where? So, what part of the world is this? Washington State. Okay. Yeah. So incredibly close-knit, uh, very religious. So women, head to toe, adornment. You didn't really wear makeup. You didn't really wear jewelry, uh, nail polish, no. But you were clothed head to toe. Uh, the school was segregated. So boys on one side, girls on another side. No. Oh. Bible study every single night, or choir, uh, or some sort of music, piano and guitar lessons, but very biblical, so very, very religious. Um, so born and raised in that. The church owned the school as well, so, and then the church owned several businesses, so everyone stayed within the community. You need, everything you needed was inside of this close-knit Like, I, I'm, it's hearkening to, you know, uh, almost, almost culty, you know, in a way. And, you know, like it, when you talk about Scientology or even you know, Hasidic, I'm Jewish, the Hasidic Jews. And if you, anyone saw the Unorthodox, the movie that was on Netflix, which was phenomenal and really pulled the curtain back on that, you know, the disparity between females and males that was mm -hmm. you know, antiquated kind of thing in, in modern day. Yeah. Well, you know, you're taught as a girl, you're taught to play a subservient role. You're going to serve the husband. So there is no college education whatsoever. You graduate from the school and then you're going to get married and then you're going to start having kids. And that's kind of your whole lifestyle. Right. You're a factory. Um, literally. Yeah. And the other thing is to uh, beauty. It's all about being virtuous. So it's what's on the inside, not on the outside. Right. 
So my sisters and I grew up incredibly bullied because we kind of naturally have some sort of beauty. You, you, you are naturally, absolutely off the chart beautiful. So that, that is true. But you didn't so know spent, that inside because no. you were actually shamed because of that, right? Shame. So I spent my entire teenage years despising myself. I, I have really light eyes. You can't really see in here. But I used to beg that I had brown eyes. Um, I used to beg that I could put on weight because I was too skinny. I literally despised myself and my body. Um, I would be like, can I just be ugly? Because then I would be more virtuous. And so that's literally, yeah, how I spent my teenage years. I mean, crying myself to sleep, asking to be ugly. I would wear a t-shirt up to here so that I wouldn't be seen because if you are, then you're attracting the wrong type of attention. So talk about not having a relationship to self, right? Ended up uh, leaving when I was 18 and then got in a abusive relationship. I think if you don't heal issues of our childhood, then we recreate them in our adulthood because that's kind of what we inherently know, right? So right. I grew up in a very robotic, structured environment. So then thus- You gravitate that, to what you know. Yes. Literally attracted that right back in. Uh, long even, story if you, short, even if you don't, even if you don't want that, right? I mean, no, because we don't, don't actively choose it, right? You never think it's, it's a conscious relationship from the beginning. It's it kind familiar. Of it's familiar. Get, mm -hmm, yeah. And then you get sucked in, and then you get to the point where you're like, "I'm not beautiful. I could never do it on my own. I could never be anything without him." And so then you start to believe these lies about yourself. Uh, long story short, I ended up becoming homeless. Um, lived on the streets. I knew where every single food bank was in the area. I was sneaking into a building that had a basement. So I would sleep in the basement on black trash bags with all of my clothes and shoes, and then got a job at a restaurant just so that I could eat. Um, so talk about some really low ground zero points. Um, ended How up, old were you at that time if you were? Oh my goodness, this was, I was uh, 19, 20, right around there. Um, ended up taking the guy back, right? Because he's like, I'm sure you did. Yeah, of course, of course. Of course. And, and they've changed. And they've I'm changed. better now. Yeah. Right. And so if you yes, haven't healed those things and worked on this, then you're like, oh, okay. Well, because you back. want that. But Someone you want that too. Me. And you Absolutely. We're all craving love, right? So yeah. if you don't love yourself first and you're craving it from some outside person, yeah, so ended up taking him back, and it was a disaster. It was not good. Um, I ended up leaving my car and everything behind, bought a one-way ticket out of the state, and moved in with my best friend at the time. And we were like, let's just start from ground zero. Let's just start over. Um, this is real personal. I ended up donating blood with her at a, at a blood bank, and the nurse was like, that's so kind of you to do while you're pregnant. And I was like... No, you no. have the wrong blood. And she no. was like, yeah. she was like, no, this is you. And I made her rerun the test. Uh, sure enough, it was me. And that's how I found out. So about three, four months later, that's how I found out that I was pregnant. So 21, um, working my ass off, kind of got into my own place, got my own car. And I end up, I remember coming home from the hospital, 20, 21, yeah, with a newborn baby. And talk about a whole new low. <laughs> I was by myself with this baby, feeling like a child myself, and was just like, what the heck? 
you could blame a lot of people. You know, your parents weren't real good parents. They didn't help you like most parents should. You know, your friends abandoned you. This guy did this, this, that. You could blame a lot of people. And you know what? I would be right. But I was like, now what? What do I do with that? Right. So I sat there and I remember after crying, being like, okay, I don't know how I'm going to fix this, but I'm going to fix this. And I'm going to build the life that we deserve to have. And I'm going to go all out and we're going to laugh and we're going to have fun and we're going to have a good life. We're going to get out of here. And I'm living in Washington and I do not like Washington. It's too much rain for me. So yeah, ended up saving, working, kicking my ass off, um, kicking butt, working my ass off. And my goal was to move by June, which is my birthday. So a six month goal. So I moved here to Los Angeles, didn't know a soul at all. Uh, ended up going to college to finish getting my film degree. Got a job with you guys, actually, at that time. Oh, was that when that happened? Okay. Literally, shortly after. Um, you, you, I don't think how much, I don't think you know how much you saved me at all. I had no idea yeah. all those things were happening. All I know is that, you know, you were extremely conscientious. We were so grateful to have you. You were our front. You were our face. Yeah. And uh, you and your daughter were amazing little creatures to have in our place. And uh, I did not know all of those things, Ariel. I yeah, know you've had some diciness, of course, in your life, yeah. you know, because that's what that, that's what that shift was about. And I think you were, mm -hmm. you were in the midst of building that shift while you were it's working true. for us, right? Yeah. And you're in your enterprises. Yeah, and then going to school full-time at night, getting by. Um, then went through a couple of really bad accidents. You actually probably remember them. I was, I in, a, I was in a car accident um, and the radiator, radiator blew and I suffered second degree burns on both I, arms. Horrible, I remember that. Excruciating pain. Um, fast forward, got in a car accident. A girl was running or driving and I ran a red light, completely T-boned my car, destroyed me. So I went through therapy. I forgot a part of the story. I'll just mention it really quick. Back a few years prior, I'd been in a really bad jet ski accident. So I um, fractured my neck, dislocated my pelvis, and broke both feet. Ariel, so oh my God. Incredible. <laughs> yes. So all from a circle. The universe God was coming with you up. The universe was no, literally. No, literally. Yes. Yeah. Then a car accident happened. A hot wow. was being thrown back again. And I remember then I started dating this guy and he was really sweet. And then he, then he left me and it was just one day where I broke down and I was like, everybody in my life leaves me. I'm not good enough. My family left me. This, my daughter's dad left me, but this guy left me. I I'm feeling of abandonment, betrayal, everything. And was kind of like, Oh, but if you were Ariel's friend, would you choose to be her friend? And it kind of was this turning point. And then I said, all these things, bad things keep happening to me. I'm like, I'm so unlucky. And then I said, maybe there's a chance that I'm kind of attracting these things mm -hmm. to my life. And that was mind blowing because I've always been naturally kind of positive, naturally kind of compassionate. Yeah. I'm the oldest of eight kids. <laughs> like I'm very nurturing. Um, You've been like, very, you were very outgoing. You're very loving. You were always very loving. You weren't, you weren't somebody that appeared that you would attract that type, right? Of, right, right. Of, of badness in your world. But, but I want to say it like this is that uh, the common denominator of all those things, exactly what you said is you. 
Mm -hmm. That's the hardest thing. Even for me, even at my age and now that just recently for me this year, that was like the common denominator, everything that I don't like about myself or or I want to feel bad about or feel victimized by is me. Yeah. I'm the one that's the, the same in all of these scenarios, you know? So I have to really look at myself like the, like what Michael Jackson says, you know, the man in the mirror and mm-hmm. that change. And that change is really hard to make. Very hard. Mostly to accept. Well, yeah. You know? There's Arthur Miller it has the greatest um, quote, which I'm going to bastardize, but it's one of my favorites. But it's basically, it's like talking about, you know, having this recurring nightmare of this uh, really horrible, ugly child, like chasing him and chasing him and all the and he's always trying to run away from this horrible child like he's looking at and the child's trying to get him and it's like this deformed and horrible thing and he finally like is so tired he just turns around and grabs the child and hugs it yeah and that and and it was him Mm -hmm. it was his idiot child and and he calls his idiot child and then once he embraced that that idiot child which he was afraid of yeah he That's became beautiful. strong and he was no longer, he had nothing to fear. I 100% agree. And like, that's the kind of the point I was finding. So then I ended up crashing, just, I was incredibly depressed for a few years. And I literally was like, okay, I'm expecting all these people to choose me, but I had never chosen Ariel at all. In fact, I was running from her. I weighed 90 pounds. I had really bad cystic acne at the time too which is your body just expressing itself of the emotions that you are feeling towards yourself, right? So yeah, talk about despising. People would say, love yourself, go inward. And I was like, uh-uh, I am running from this girl. I cannot stand her. I am not proud of her. Look what she did. And you just list all these failures and then everything that's wrong with you. And then especially in LA, you start thinking like, I need to be this perfect 10 with blonde hair and this height and it's so much pressure to be this certain beauty, right? But I will tell you, the change didn't happen until I said, okay, I have to choose Ariel. And you have to be willing to sit there. I mean, you, can I be R-rated here? But you can but say, whatever you, you gotta say sit, whatever you need, babe. You gotta sit and get naked and sit in front of the mirror and say, I love you. And sometimes you don't love you, but we can always look in the eyes. And just be like, Ariel, I love you. And my turning point was when I sat there and I tried to go back to the earliest childhood memory I could possibly think of. Maybe third grade on the dodgeball court when the boys didn't choose you. But I had just recreated all these scenarios in my mind where I wasn't chosen, wasn't chosen, wasn't good enough. And that was just carrying into my adulthood and all these different scenarios. So willing to sit there and be like, in that situation, they didn't choose you or they did you wrong, sure but I love you and I choose you and now I'm listening. And I went from every single memory I could possibly do all the way up until the present. Well, that, that's incredible because I, I've been through similar, not, not the same, but similar with abandonment issues and, and mm-hmm. bad relationships and wondering, you know, and I, I remember I went to this um, psychotherapist who was going to hypnotize me, right? Mm-hmm. Um, who was actually a producer friend of mine too. She did this. And I just, I don't have that in me to let go and be like hypnotized. Like I just feel like I'm always in control. Yeah. And, but I thought, okay, I'll go with it. I'll go with the flow. And so I did, I, I 
tried it. I tried really hard to go through the, the whole process. And then I was like, um, I'm not, it's not really happening here. And so she said, let's try something different. And she said, so I want you, this isn't about your ex. This is about you. And I mm-hmm. want you to just really just, I want you to tell me how much you love yourself. And I go, what? That, that's not happening. That's, yeah. that's dorky. Yeah. And I am not going to yeah. do that. Like I couldn't look in the mirror and go, I love you, Susie. No way. That would not happen. And I said, yeah, that, that, that I don't feel comfortable doing that. I'm not going to be doing that. She goes, okay, all right, let's try something else. And then she took me through this journey where she said, um, want you to think of yourself when you were younger, a really fun time. And I, I literally can remember before I was a year old, but I went to like, I was about four years old and I had a best friend, Michael. And I said, okay, I, I, and I was a really good day and I was remembering him. She goes, okay, tell me what you're wearing. Who is she? What is she doing? And I said, oh, well, you know, I'm bossy boots. I'm telling, you know, Michael, my best friend, I want to play house. And if he doesn't like it, I'm going home and da, 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 da. And, and, you know, this and that. And, and I said, and I said, we just got in a big fight and he's tell, he came and apologized to me. And I said, okay. And then now we're back playing and she goes, so do you love this little girl? And I go, I do. And I, and she goes, you're letting her down. Yeah. Yeah. That's you're letting and her that- down. And that was the big turning point for that me. Was, that was I, I needed to love that little girl because she was looking up to me to mm-hmm. make her life good. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's very sweet. And I think that what we're, what we're talking about right here is like, see, growing up is like, whenever I had any issues, Cass, you don't love yourself enough. You know, I grew up in a very abusive, uh, dysfunctional family and, uh, you know, uh, emancipated myself when I was 16. So very similar to some of that trajectory. I didn't have the, I didn't live on a commune. I actually didn't have any parents that were really paying attention to any of us. You were like, just do whatever you want. (laughs) Um, But I didn't know because I was like, people say like, just love yourself. Like, no, I love myself. I'm taking care of myself. Yeah. And I can do this too. Mm-hmm. So don't tell me I'm not taking care of myself, but you see this like, you know, Hey, I, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like that, that anger, that like, you know, that spark defensive, that, defensive. because I, I, I didn't even consciously, I consciously was like, of course I love myself. I'm taking care of myself. I right. am doing that. Right. It's not, that the same. Piece, mm-hmm. right? it's not this, there's mm-hmm. that peace inside. And I think I'm just finding that this year, I mean, I've lived a long time. So <laughs> I've lived a little bit and it's not easy to get, to the place that you're talking about, Ariel, yeah. right? It's a, it because it's a, it's, it takes a lot of courage and vulnerability yeah. and, and perseverance and in exploration, the yeah. down and exploration for you to say like, what does love look like? Because yeah. I was not taught what real no, none of us are. looks like. So I didn't know. So I'm like, well, I'm, t- I'm doing this. So I'm, yeah, course I, learned, I, I get my haircut done. No, that's not love. <laughs> Self-care, it's two very different things. Right, so now continue your story now that we've uh, interjected. Well, it's good, I mean, we all have different stories, but we all all share that similarity. And I I had a mother who was very, very, very loving and very supportive and would say to me, I don't know why you're insecure. It hurts my feelings. It hurts me deeply because she doesn't, she goes, you don't know what you have. And you're gorgeous too. I mean, and you, and, and so finding that, like, that's what I'm, that's what you're talking about. Though, yeah. Right, Ariel? It's like, but it's, everybody's, it's within us because it, like you said, like you had certain, you know, uh, background and you had a certain background and I have a certain background. It doesn't change the way we feel. It has to come within. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what we're really talking about too, and what, what we've been talking about on our podcast is everybody's different. 
Alzheimer's yeah. looks different because you know this is about Alzheimer's and but we are talking the reason why we wanted to talk to you is because the caregivers we need to care for ourselves and how yeah. does that look like what does that look like and if we're having certain experiences what can we do to make that shift and no it's not like you know and not saying like because uh, I look in the mirror and say I love you Cassie and I could actually say that because yeah. I did thought I thought I loved myself, but yeah. I still kept having certain experiences. Mm -hmm. So there were some pieces of me that I was running away from. That I was yeah. like, if I was a doer, you know, if I was doing it, right. then nobody could say anything to me. That's kind of like an alcoholic, right? Like you can't call me an alcoholic because I'm paying my own way. You can't call me a drunk because I'm paying my own way. That was my dad. Right. <laughs> it's, you know, it's, I, I'm a mom too, so you have to choose yourself first. It's that I love you, but I love me more. It doesn't, we're taught that that's selfish, but it's yes. not selfish. You can't, it's that mask, or it's the, the, yeah, the mask on an airplane analogy, you know? Right. You can't help someone if you're not helping yourself first. And it's, you know, people always ask, what was your motivation? I, you know, I didn't know the real world. I didn't know real life. I didn't know. <sighs> what was out there, what the possibilities were. So you don't always have to have a motivation in front of you. Oftentimes it can always be what I don't want. <laughs> I don't want to struggle. I don't want to be depressed. I don't want to despise myself. I want out of that. And for me, it was like, I'm rock bottom. I am incredibly depressed. I am incredibly unhealthy. I want out of here as fast as possible. So it's willing to devote and make time to love you. And it comes in so many different ways. For some people, I strongly recommend meditating. Some people, it's yoga. Some people, it's painting. Sometimes it's doing journaling, um, binaural beats. It's all those little factors, placing crystals around your home that all factor in, but, willing, but being willing to choose you above all else, you know? Investing so, yeah. in yourself. You have to invest mm -hmm. in yourself. Yeah. So then I started doing charity events. You guys actually helped with a couple. Uh, I posted one the other day. It was literally six years ago from this week, but we sponsored uh, 10 girls from South LA to go to prom. Do you remember this? I totally remember that. I saw that picture. I'm like, oh my God, that was, that was a digital jungle. We got to uh, participate ago. and they yeah. came over and you got them all dressed. You got them all gowned. Their makeup, Dennis gave them photos. Yeah, and then you got a limo for them, and you took them to the prom, and yeah. all these underprivileged gals that would not have been able to afford to go. And I, yeah. yeah, well, we just figured, okay, I hate my life. I don't really like what's going on. I don't know how to fix it. But then maybe someone is in a worse situation than I am. So maybe I could divert my attention off of despising my life and myself. And that was kind of like the turning point. The turning the knob, clicking, you know? Mm -hmm. So we ended up doing multiple charity events. Each one picked up more traction and got bigger and bigger and bigger. Um, from galas to fundraisers to bringing in a whole slew of uh, barbers to give all the homeless kids fresh haircuts. You name it, we've done all sorts of different events. But yeah, so that was kind of the turning point. The healing through giving is incredibly powerful because it turns the attention off of you. Right. But then if you still don't... <laughs> step into your power and talk about loving yourself, then it still can become a mask sometimes, you know? A distraction, yeah. Right, a distraction rather than, like, like that's the reason, so that's your purpose, and then all of a sudden you're not caring for yourself right. still. 
still right, right? exactly yeah. yeah so i will say the turning point really happened for me self personally it's internally to the point where the, the entire world could then see it was last year it was after going through a little bit of a breakup again and being like what how can a man send me for a spiral like i thought i had fixed this i thought i was good and a boy can knock me off again <laughs> Literally. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. welcome, welcome. Right? <laughs> yeah. yeah, because all of a sudden it brings all those old wounds back up again too and, and trying to confirm those things and, and really looking for the outside to love you. To validate you. you and to love you. And, and it's very difficult because we were raised that way in, in our culture and in society. And, and that's really, I, I wanted to have you on our podcast because I wanted women to be empowered. I wanted, of course, men as well. I want all of us to be empowered because it's really about love. And that's what, that's what our podcast oh, is about because mm-hmm. love conquers all. Literally. And right, what does your tattoo say? Love is everything. It's because it when you have that vibration of love, that energy, that's yeah. what we're vibrating out and that's what we can attract back. And yes, will the tide be something else sometimes and then something else mm-hmm. may come in to, mm-hmm. our, to our shore and yeah. then we get to address those old wounds of abandonment about, mm-hmm. about not feeling loved enough or being good enough to be loved or mm-hmm. to be chosen. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, those are some of my pain points. Same. And it's a, it's a rough place to be and you feel very alone in that. And I really wanted people to know that they're not alone. And that's why I wanted you on this program because I know that you've, you've, you've rode that wave so many times. So you know, many times. And it's, and it's crashed you on the shore a couple of times mm-hmm. of you. And then when, when God crashes you on your own shore, you know, you get to like, wait, go, oh, wait. And then you wake that back up and you're like, what do I need to do? And that's what I love about you, your perseverance, your resilience, and your willingness to look back into yourself. And that's where you have built your mindful living, I know. Mm-hmm. And, I, and, and actually, when you were working with us, you wrote a book as well. Mm-hmm. And your book's title is? Love You, We, Me. Funny story about that. So uh, during this time, I started receiving a lot of outflow or people pouring out asking for help around suicide. And I, I experienced a good friend growing up who passed away from suicide. But other than that, I didn't really have much experience in it. So I ended up going and getting suicide certified through the Diddy Hirsch Center and then volunteered for the hotline. And I was really frustrated at the lack of support being offered once the the hotlines are amazing. Don't get me wrong. They bring you to a safe space, but then what? You right. know? So then I started going to different um, depression groups and I found, I think I went to one group three times in a row and I was shocked at, I'd only been there three times, but I, when we went around the whole room and everyone said their story, it was the same exact story that they had been saying every single time i'd only been there three weeks i could only imagine those that had been there for 20 years and i was mortified and it was this light bulb of what your words have power and what you say and what you talk about not only does it keep your present life in a perpetual cycle it literally already creates and maps out what your future is like so then so we start so i ended up starting my own support group (laughs) And the number one rule was when you came in, you were not, you said your story one time and then the next week you were not allowed to say it again. And we just worked on shifting our vocabulary, the slightest bit. Everything is energy and we're all vibrating at different levels of energy, right? So love is the highest and the 
depression, anger is one of the lowest. If someone's incredibly suicidal, you cannot put a book in front of their face or a podcast and be like, go read this. When someone's suicidal and depressed, you can barely eat. You can barely get out of bed, let alone read a book. So you're talking about very baseline, basic necessities. And so um, that was one of the things is how can we just slightly shift our vocabulary about ourselves? There was a time when I was not okay. I was incredibly depressed and I wanted out. And to tell someone, someone to be like, smile, it'll be better. I'm like, I don't even remember how to smile. I didn't even remember the last time I laughed. So one of the things I did was take a sticky note and I wrote, uh, tomorrow I can be okay. And I put it on the edge of my bed. And I just began to sit there and be like, I'm not okay right now. But is there a chance, is there a possibility that in the future I could be okay? And I was like, oh, okay, I can, I can chill with that. I could accept that. And then it was like, I think my smile could come back in three months. I could be okay with that. So it's learning to just slightly shift your vocabulary in a positive way. It's that bicycle, it's that snowball, roll it down a mountain, it builds up, builds up traction, builds up you know, speed, but you get to set it in the right direction. And you have to take control. One of the things that really helped me was setting an alarm on my phone. I had one that went off every single hour, literally just reminding you to pause because in this moment, right here in this very moment, regardless of anything else outside happening, whether you're broke, depressed, in an abusive relationship, in this moment, you can be okay. So with the alarms, it was learning to just pause and just breathe. And now I tell people like, literally put your hands on your heart and physically imagine refueling your heart is more powerful than your brain and your mind literally refuel watch it expand send love from yourself outward and i just kept putting those alarms having those on off every single hour and literally pausing and eventually it takes over i remember being like oh i don't need the alarms anymore i got this i picked up the bible bicycle and i was pedaling in that right direction you know so it's Finding those little tools for you, no matter what you're doing, that can bring you to a positive moment or a focused moment right here. So back to the yoga or painting or whatever it is. But just bring yourself to these moments because right here, we all can feel okay right here. That is so, that is so beautiful. I, I love the way that you broke that down and that you discussed it because, um, you know, I had to many, many times when I was having my own depressions or anxiety, you know, and not feeling adequate or enough. I had to, I'd have to pause. I, I didn't put an alarm on that. That's a very smart thing. I, I didn't, wasn't that smart, <laughs> um, but I would have to be like all, when I'd be like, I'll be like, wait a second, is there somebody pointing a gun at me? Right. It, it, I, do I have food? Right. Do I have shelter? Mm -hmm. Do I have clothes? I have all of my, I have all my absolute base, needs met. I'm okay. I'm okay right now. You're okay. I had to remind myself that I'm okay. And that was all I could even muster up yeah. at that time when you're pressed up against, but they're, that's they're there for the, you know, grace of God, go I with anybody that's either homeless. I'm have a huge affinity to the homeless. Um, because I, I could easily have been that and I, and you have been that. Mm -hmm. And, and I'm grateful that I was on the verge and on the edge many times, but then I would have like some, a friend or something, you know, mm -hmm. uh, be able to be there for me. So I'm grateful for that. And that building those relationships with, uh, people, but mostly yourself mm -hmm. and having 
that care. And I love what, uh, I love Brene Brown. Um, oh, yeah. and I love what Brene says. Um, and it's like, you know, talk to yourself like you would be talking to someone that you love. Absolutely. That's, you know, that's one of her quotes. And she said so many great things, but I, I love that one. And, and um, just what you're doing, um, the, the, the impact that you're doing. What, what happened with your book, by the way? Because you did a lot of galas. You did a lot of things out of that book. And it was all about love. Yeah. So the book ended up, it was just meant to be used for material in the support group. So it's very introductory, basic level. It's made to be one page a day. So we would just read one page in the support group. And it's just a mixture of quotes of different positive activities, different ways to volunteer. And I always tell people, it's just about planting a little seed. Just drop the seed in. Just try it. See where it goes. Some things will resonate with you. Some things won't. Just do one page a day, right? So, yeah. So that, that was the book. And then... Eventually, the charity events got bigger and bigger, and they were picked up on TMZ and a few different reality shows, and the events got bigger, and it got to the point where people were reaching out to me being like, you have an event, I want to be involved. And so they just became a lot of fun, and, and I lost myself in a good way in the service of others because that can be incredibly healing. Um, so yeah, anything from galas, focused on raising funds for homeless teens to, uh, let's see, what was most recently? We had three back-to-back in November. It was insane. Um, the biggest one, actually, is the Global Youth Awards, which is a lot, of, a lot of fun. Uh, we can talk about that if you want. Yes, please. What is that? Yeah, so this is a, an award show for youth who are bettering the world in any way, ages 11 to 18. So that was incredibly fun. I got invited to be the host last year. It was such an awesome experience. My daughter actually was on stage with me presenting the awards. But uh, 12 children won. And what they're doing was incredibly remarkable. But uh, we're doing it again this year. If uh, We'll see how COVID affects us because it's not till November. But that's, that's a lot of fun. And you know, the next generation is where it's at. It's our duty to raise children to be thought leaders and to be healers, you know, so. What are they getting awards for? What is the, yeah, what's the opportunity on that? And how do they submit to be able to get an award for that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, I can send you the application link. The organization is called Roundtable. They're actually London-based, so they've been doing awards in London, and this is their third year that we're doing it in Los Angeles, so fairly new over here. But some of the winners last year, let's see, one of the girls was the youngest yoga instructor instructor in the world. Um, How and, old is she? Yeah, she, oh my God, I'm gonna butcher her age. I wanna say 14 certified yoga instructor, but she, <laughs> and bless her parents, but she, all of her classes are donation-based. And so then every single class, or she'll do a cause per month. So then every single month she'll switch out who they donate to and all the proceeds, 100%. The amount of money this girl had raised at 14 in, in over a year was incredible. Incredible. That was one girl. Um, there were a couple of, oh, this young girl, she was eight. She had written a song about anti-bullying, being kind, a little rap song and had posted on YouTube and now traveled the different schools performing and singing it and just talking about being kind. 
So she won an award. So yeah, like there's categories in creativity, leadership, uh, music, and education. Um, but yeah, these kids are doing is absolutely phenomenal. So it was, it was so much fun to be a part of it, especially as a parent myself. And it's a whole evening. It's an evening of inspiration for the entire family. So we did uh, 12 kids got awards, and then there were five or six different performances mixed in throughout the evening. Trey passed around food. It was it's a lot of fun. Well, oh, you know what though? That that is so very important because you're right. Uh, the next generation, the the children, we've left them with a we've left them with a lot to deal with. Yeah. You know, we've not been conscious. We've not been mm -hmm. mindful. No. Right. Um, and uh, um, we need to uh, uh, become more mindful, right? And become more conscious about what we're doing. And, and that's it. Those, those two words, mindful and conscious, is not perfection. You know? So I love yeah. that you choose those two words. It's just being aware. Right. Not seeking to be perfect in sustainability or perfect in self-love. It's also it's also modeling. Like I have two daughters and it's modeling, you know, and you don't realize how impactful that is, you know, and you don't know when you're going through hard times, but when you model resilience and you mm -hmm. encourage, mm -hmm. learn it. Absolutely. Well, they're going to, you're going to be the example. Yeah. And you they're only know that when you get your mother's day card a year later and they're like, <laughs> you've been like a total basket case and they're like, no, go mom. Right. Go mom. Go mom. Teach them. How, what it is to be resilient yeah. or you teach them getting back to Alzheimer's and, and care being caregiver. You teach them how to be a caregiver mm -hmm. and that's just a human being. Yeah. Which I have taught my daughters by not because I, it was part of my curriculum as a parent. It was because mm -hmm. I was doing it. You were an and, example. And, and I did it as an example. example. I didn't know that it was, I knew inherently it was the right thing to do, but you know, Certainly, I had other people telling me, why would you want to expose your daughters to that? It's so hard. And like, you know, basically, why don't you just hide them from that? Yeah. And luckily, I had a very good colleague who, was, who said to me, are you kidding me? You couldn't be doing anything better for them. 100% agree. That's it. My daughter goes to all my charity events with us. She'll be downtown passing out food. You got to develop empathy, compassion. Yep. That's what connects us all. We've yeah. all been through some sort of shit, okay? We've all been there. Whether right. it's homelessness or not, or depression, or having everything in the world materially, materialistically, but not knowing your passion. We've all, we have, we've all yeah. been through shit. You just have to learn to get back up. We're all going yeah. to hit the wall. We do. We yeah. hit walls all the time, every day. And that's day. okay. And that's okay. okay to do so. What yeah. do you, what, uh, have you ever been um, affected or touched by Alzheimer's in any way? I actually have, no, I don't know anyone in my immediate circle, to be honest. Right. And so, I mean, I'm super grateful because the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast and what I thought was important is that, that, um, that energy of love, mm -hmm. because I believe that conquers yeah, all, not just alls, but all as well, yeah. you know, A-L-L, because with that, we can overcome we can over we can't change alzheimer's right now no. and we can't change our past that's over and we, we, can can't, we can't change any like things that are dealt to us like alzheimer's or you know anything or another that, anything so what what what's your, what are your choices we can raise yeah. our vibrations that's the key we you can know, raise our vibrations and change our perspective right. so we can start learning what does love look like what is it Right. And how it's very, it's not tangible. It's not a tangible thing, but it is a verb. 
it is a verb, but it's not mm -hmm. tangible for me either. But what does it look like? Right. And how to actually express that. And also how to let people be in their shit. Mm -hmm. I hate to say it like that. Yeah, and, yeah. Not, and not put them down for it, but love them for it and love them through it. But also let and, them go. Let them go. Learn to let go of things that aren't, that don't feed you and serve you. You don't need to, you can't embrace everything. It's right. not our job. No. You can only embrace it. It's right? that lighthouse analogy. Can you show up as a lighthouse right, right where you have been planted, emanating love right there? Right? We can't always be a rescue, a lifeguard and jump in the rescue boat and save everyone, but you can show up right here, you know, and just shine that light. Right. Just anchor in the love. Because, because you love can waste your perfect. time on someone who's not open on it, you know, mm -hmm. and, and is not going to feel it. They're not going to receive it. They're not going to get it. They're not wired for it yet. Yeah. And maybe they never will be. So you do what you do at your highest level. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and, 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 you know, I think light, you know, this energy, the same energy attracts the same energy. So uh, if you, uh, you fall into the negative energy, you're going to, that's where you'll stay. Mm -hmm. But I also, but I want to say though, too, the people that are in the negative energy, I, because I've been there and I've had some great teachers and some great people that have loved me while I've been in my negative energy. Right, so, but you, so I also want to make sure I give back because I think that that's what Ariel's talking about. It's like, yeah, you can be there. Let me give you some seeds. Yes, exactly. That's you different. To, you can give seeds, but when some, but, but I right. know what you're saying. I'm I not, know. Not and I know. But I know you're not disagreeing with that because once you get the season, you have to water it. Let me show you how to water it. Let me show you how to put sunshine mm -hmm. on it. Let me show you how to nurture that. Right. Let me give you tools that you right. have to exercise because I someone, can't exercise for you. And if someone says to you, no, 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 I don't want to grow. Love me for who I am. Deal with it. Then you got it. That's when you have to go. Got it. You enjoy your life. Yeah. <laughs> not about me. It's that's not about, you know, it this is just nice chapter and next. You have to learn to go where you can be the most useful and where it can feed you back as well. Well, so, also respect and have reverence for you. And that's called loving yourself, right? Exactly. And that's what love is. And that's what we're really talking about. I, I want to ask you, Ariel, mindful living. Can you talk about that a little bit? What yeah, your, what your adventure is now? My goal is community connecting, community activation. Um, so it's it's started with bringing mindfulness into the workspace because that happens to be my nine to five job. And it was a goal. I, I do the purchasing for the company. So I was like, I think I have more power here than I realized. So let me take an analysis of what I'm spending my money on and let me either support everything that either is sustainable or eco-friendly or where I can't do that, can I support brands that have a social impact or a give back component? So this ended up being a lot of fun. So we kind of did this overhaul with the whole company and just support brands in kind of either of those two spaces. And so as I was doing this research and finding more companies, I just kept coming across so many amazing people. And so then I was like, more people need to know about these brands and these companies. So we started a think tank at Soho House originally. One of my good friends, Luke Glenhill, shout him out. Um, and the goal was, right? The goal was, how can we, I don't, it wasn't about money. It's not really about good looks. It literally was like, how can I bring these people together so that they can do more good? And that to me is incredibly exciting. So yeah, the group started literally a year ago. And it's a collective of business owners or individuals that have built products, brands, companies all either with a focus on eco-friendly sustainability or social impact. 
and giving back to the community. So the group has grown really, really big um, and is a lot of fun. And I'm sending you guys the invite so that you guys can join in too. Thank you. And then, yeah. Thank and you. Then Fantastic. It'll be fun. And then we just do community-based events. Our most recent one last week due to COVID, uh, some of the children in Los Angeles that we volunteer with are stuck at home and they don't have the funds to do anything really. So my girlfriends and I are the group and Michael, like let's pull together an event and let's raise proceeds to buy the kids art kits. I do not like asking people for money. That is literally not my thing. Um, I, I hate I always it. Like to, I hate it. I hate it. So I'm always like, it. how can I bring you value in exchange? So we did an event last week. We brought in a, a numerologist, a tarot card reader, a psychic, and a Chinese space mapping. I want to go. So it was so <laughs> much she fun. She puts on the best events, just so you know. They're I want to so go much all Because I'm all fun. about bringing value. Like, yeah. I want you to walk and away love. and feel and more love. love. Uh -oh. okay, he froze on that one. So we're going to just you know, basically say that again. It's like, no. And you know, I want, I, I want to be at all of her events because not only does she do great things, but she's, it, she makes you feel loved and it's about love, right? Literally it's, it's the foundation of what it's all about. So yeah. So we used all the funds went towards raising the art kits and we bought a bunch of jewelry kits and, and paint supplies and we passed them out this weekend to um, underprivileged children. So that was a lot of fun. But everyone was texting and raving about how much fun and how much healing they got and benefit and they felt so loved. But yeah, all of the events are about, about that. I, when I would throw a gala, I would tell all the girls running the door to the ones running the table, act like this, that everyone walking into this place, they're doing you a favor. They, they bought a ticket, they've done whatever, even if it's free. I want people when they leave this room after donating or giving two hours of their time, because that's the gift right there, to feel like they got so much love, even the free events. Like, thank you so much for coming. I hope you have a great day. That's always the foundation of all of the events. So yeah, that's a little bit in summary of what I'm working on. It's beautiful because it's a it makes it when you when you're cognizant of making people feel welcomed and loved it's it it's so important because we don't do that enough you know and i i actually learned i that's something i my mom passed down to me was like my mom would a, a gorgeous woman could be walking by my mom as straight as could be like loves men no but she calls a spade a spade like if you walked by she probably would stop and go stop wow gorgeous <laughs> <laughs> beautiful thank you have a good one. My mom, I mean, that's, and that's, I love that. I didn't say, women, yeah. one compliment is worth 10 from a man. Agree. And that was kind of the theories that way back when I was incredibly depressed, I was like, you hear all these sayings and theories, cry out love, comes back, smile in the world, smiles back at you, give and you shall, shall receive. That was kind of like, okay, I don't know if these are true, but let me just test out these theories. Let me just do a personal run and just see how this goes that's literally my goal was my goal like seven eight years ago and now i sit here and i have friends i want to donate i want to help i want to do this and i'm like but it's authentic you're, because you're authentic ariel but not just that it was all those it's we think like tit for tat or if i give this person another ask me a favor it's not like that energy is energy you pour out love and it will come back to you in right tenfold but you can't you don't have to have expectations you should no it without expectations like cassie you're like that you're very much like my mom you're, you're very such a giver. Mm -hmm. yeah. 
you know, you'll talk, call other women beautiful. Not, mm -hmm. not every woman, there's not a lot of uh -huh. people that do that. Uh -huh. and, and be, no, no. No. Oh, no, okay. See, uh, I only know me. You are very good at making other women feel good. And, and that's so important well, because so. my mom could do that. And I learned from her. It's like, it's, it's about being confident in yourself to, to mm -hmm. not, because someone else is beautiful doesn't make you not beautiful. Exactly, exactly. And, and to, to, to say what you feel, how many times do we look at something and go, wow, that's incredible, but we don't say right. so because we're jealous or, right. you know, I mean, and, and I did a documentary on women writers breaking the glass ceiling and, you know, mm -hmm. what is the big, been the biggest challenge? Other women. 100%. We <laughs> well, dress you know, up for other women. We, everything. It's about women. Yeah. Well, here's the other cool part is that the more that we as women come together and work together and, uh, um, you know, face each other and love each other and share, the more we're going to find out how much more we have in common rather than what we have separated, not just women, but men. Um, and also like, we're not the same. We're, we're not the same as men, but we are equal and we're all equal to each other. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what position we have in life. You know, and the more that we get to that place, that grounding level, I, I think that the world will become a better place because we're, you know, that's what I hope to shift. And that's the kaleidoscope that I wish, you know, for me that I got four years ago from a woman that I call my kaleidoscope, that she gave me so much information because I was like, this is it. It's very black and white. No. <laughs> and, and, and it's like, no, it's, you know, and then with that new little expansion of my own mind that she helped me see a different perception. Mm -hmm. It's opened up so many other opportunities for me to say, well, maybe it's this. And, and then I wait now. I don't immediately react, you know, because That's you have so that immediate important. reaction, That's like, you know, fight or flight. And I was always up against it. So like, you know, you have to, you have to do something because you have to protect yourself because that's the reactive mind. Yeah. We have that reactive mind rather than staying in peace and having that calm and, and, and letting time happen. I never right. would let before. The, let the answers come to but you. We really are all made up of the same connection and we have this energy to actually put out love or to put out something else. Yeah. And if we put out fear, if we put out hate, that's what we That's what you out. see. That's our signature. That's our we signature. We project. If we're happy, we think everyone's happy. If we're sad, we think everybody's sad. We project. Yeah. And, oh, and there's so, and, and our minds are so complex and certainly I am no doctor, so I can't be talking about that in any way, but I can say that I absolutely love both of you. Aww, I, am super, I am super grateful to have uh, this conversation um, and to talk with Ariel about what she's been doing. She's a phenomenal person. Ever since you, you, you came on board at Digital Jungle with us, I saw what you are now. That's the person I saw is the love that you have, the care that you gave, even though maybe it was, you weren't giving it to yourself. I saw that seed already mm -hmm. because you gave that to us. That's why we hired you mm -hmm. because you just had such an effervescent, um, uh, personality. And I just, I, I just, the growth and the, um, the give back that you're doing and the things that you're doing are just amazing and beautiful. And I'm just so grateful that, that you were able to share with us your story and, and what you're doing and, and the love that you're sharing with this world because you are shape-shifting people mm -hmm. yeah. and giving them the seeds and the tools they need to love themselves so we become a great, a great flower bed. Yeah, well, I think you're pulling back the curtain so you're being, you know, you're very disarming and that, that give, that's powerful. That, that is what you share is, is, is what is transformative for other people because mm -hmm. we see, we can, we can, it'll resonate. 
whether, you know, those, because it's authentic. So when we tell our true stories, those are the most powerful. Definitely. Is there anything, Ariel, that you would like to share that we didn't ask you? Uh, I think we touched on a lot, actually. <laughs> all around 30 years. <laughs> Well, I just want to thank you so much for joining us and, and, and I just want to thank our audience as well. And I just you know, appreciate you. We're so grateful. Please subscribe, to share, 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 and you'll meet great people like Ariel. And we want everyone to know these people. We want to connect as well. We want you to connect. So yes, please connect. Thank you both for creating a platform of healing too. This is incredible. Oh, well, we so appreciate you. And of course, we always appreciate you, our listeners. And until next time, remember, love is contagious, love is powerful, and love conquers all. I love you. Bye. Bye. <laughs>